Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Lorianne is about to come on talking about secrets to unstoppable relationships. And this is going to be so powerful, especially we're moving into February, the month of relationships. And hopefully you're starting with a foundation of relationship with yourself uh, before you're looking for someone external. But we're going to be diving into both of those conversations. Lori Ann is a genius. She has decades of experience with relationships. You definitely want to stay tuned. It's going to be a powerful conversation. I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. You're tuning in here. You're listening to the podcast. You're watching the Facebook Live. You're watching this on YouTube, wherever and however you're receiving this. I acknowledge you. Keep showing up. Keep taking those steps to becoming your greatest possible self. And then also all those other steps that you're doing, everything that you're doing, all of the things, the habits, the disciplines, the coaching, the live events, all the things that you do, keep doing it. It freaking pays off. And when you put that spirit of faith and trust and knowingness that everything is working out for your highest and best good, oh my goodness, life starts to transform. So keep doing it. Keep taking one step at a time. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by Anthony C., who says, amazing podcast. Chris Burns, this podcast has uplifted my soul with your high energy, passion, and powerful episodes. I recommend anyone that wants to become a better version of themselves to subscribe to this podcast, one of the best self-help podcasts of 2017. So that was left two years ago, almost three years ago. And Anthony C., I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for leaving that for us. And if you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store and you can leave us a review there. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you. Definitely while you're there, subscribe so you can get all the latest up, up, uh, updates. Uh, I was trying to say episodes and updates. Combine them into one tongue twister and uh, get all the latest and greatest stuff that we're putting out because it is a lot of fun. Definitely, we're always interviewing amazing human beings like Lorianne who's about to come on and rock your world. Speaking of Lorianne, before we dive in, Grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. There's going to be some gold to help you with your relationships and to take your communications, take your uh, just the depth and the, the meaningful experiences that you have in your relationships to the whole no, whole nother level, whole next level. And also uh, make sure you stay stick around all the way through to the end because one of these ideas has the power to change your life. Okay, because I, I firmly believe that it like in an instant, in a moment everything can transform for us. So let's lead, read this intro and then we'll bring Lorianne on. Lori is a certified relationship specialist, a speaker and author, and she has a unique and passionate approach to love and, to, to love and relationships and believes that everyone deserves and can have the relationship of their dreams. Her mission is to provide you with the skills you need to have the unstoppable relationship that you deserve. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology with over 30 years of experience empowering individuals and couples to live richer, happier lives. Her practice spans the spectrum from dating and singles to working through divorce to renewing long-term marriages. 
She's the author of Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships, How to Find, Keep, and Renew Love and Passion in Your Life, 365 Ways to Ignite Her Love, and a couple's love journal. She is also one of the coaches on the Radical Dating Show, a documentary series. And that is just the tip of the iceberg of Lorianne and all the great stuff she's got going on. Lorianne, are you ready to bring the heat, Superwoman? Yes. Yes. We are live and become your greatest possible self. Thank you for being here, Lorianne. We're going to dive right into the theme of today, which is soul communications. What does that mean to you, Lorianne? Soul communications. To me, that means that we're going to dive deeper instead of just the superficial communications that we have with people, mm-hmm. you know, um, as we're passing them at the grocery store and all this, sometimes those can be soul communications. But, you know, even with the people that we're really close to, sometimes we get in the habit of just having superficial conversations mm-hmm. and we forget to dive deeper. We mm-hmm. forget to communicate in a way that creates and contributes to our emotional connection. So that soul communication to me is that deeper, it's that soul level, emotional connection that we have with people that helps our relationships to grow and thrive. Yeah, I I love it. And what I hear that you said is those small things that people might just write off as, oh, I'm just at the store, I'm just going through the checkout line, or, oh, I'm just seeing my significant other saying, you know, welcome home. Those little things, they can be a habitual, nah, it's no big deal. Or it can be a, like, I'm going to be so present in this moment and so connected with this person and what they mean to me and the, the value of them just being a human being having an experience in life and and that we got to share this moment together. We got to connect in this time and space and just be there in that and be so fulfilled in that moment. That's that's what I really took away from that. Love it. Yeah. I love it, Lorianne. So let's dive in even more to the work that you're doing with couples today. I mentioned it a little bit in your intro, but in your own words, tell us about what you're working on today and what you stand for with your clients. For me, it's all about Trying to decide which one. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's about the small things, the little things that we can do. Every day we have choices. Mm. We have choices about how we look at things. We have choices about how we think. We have choices about how we act. And those small choices that we make, if we stack those up and we're intentional about those every day, they can make a world of difference in our relationships. It's not necessarily the big stuff. Mm. Sometimes it's those little things that make all the difference in the world. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. What a great way to start because I think a lot of people look for some kind of transformative solution when it comes to what they're not getting or experiencing in their relationships. And oftentimes I feel like it's a, a decision and then following through on that decision with like small little things that that add up to massive transformation over time. So I have a great story really quick that I want to share with you. I was hosting a meetup group this morning and one it was somebody new, a guy that was in there and I'd never met him before. And he said, this year I fell in love for the first time ever with the most amazing woman. He said, but here's the key. She's not new to my life. We've been dating for five years. But this year, I fell madly in love with her. And he said, it was a decision I made to look at her different, to show up different, 
and the relationship changed because of how I showed up and the choices I'm making. And I, so to me, as we're talking about this, this was like a perfect example that it was so powerful that he shared that. And I just thought, you know, that's how we keep our relationships strong. That's how we create strong relationships is we make a choice every single day. You know, I have to make a choice every morning when I wake up to love my husband, to love my family, my children, to act in loving ways, to be in love. Because you can just as easily look at all of the things that annoy you because they're going to be there. You can't live with somebody and they're not. You can look at those and the relationship starts to go down. Or you can make a choice to look at it in a different way and choose love. And I know it's not, it sounds simple, and I know it's not always that easy. Mm. But to some extent, if you've got the right partner, like we're not talking about abusive relationships. We're not talking Mm. about relationships where things are really off, you know, off center and one person's not not participating or something. But if, if we're talking about even a halfway decent relationship, that really is one, at least, of the keys. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I love it, Lorianne. This is this is beautiful. We're going to be diving into all the tactics, strategies, and things that people can do today in a moment. And before that, though, we're going to go back into your journey and talk about how did you get into being a relationship specialist? Where did where did that desire come from? Well, my background was for over twenty five years as a marriage and family therapist. Um, I became a relationship coach and started working in the coaching field because of a crisis in my life. So I had been married for, I was married for 28 years. All three of my children are are part of that marriage. Um, I was married to the love of my life and had the relationship everybody dreamed of for 25 years. And I used all of these things um, to keep that. But even, even amazing relationships, sometimes one partner can go through some things. Things can happen. And that's kind of all I ever tell because it's not my not my story to tell the rest of that. But except to say that after 28 years, we went our separate ways. Um, most difficult thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, I had my two, my last two children later in life, so they were little. And all of a sudden, I was by myself raising them and went through my own kind of journey of my own divorce recovery, learning how to date. Like, you got to be kidding. I got to go on a first date after 28 years? Wow. Yeah. So, like, how do I do that? Um, <laughs> but I figured it out. And because I was determined, I was determined yeah. to create a good life for my children. I was determined to show them what a good relationship was like. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be happy. Like I'd been so happy for so long that I wanted that again. And so I figured it out. Met my husband. We are at the end of this month. We'll celebrate eight years together. Mm-hmm. My ex and I have a wonderful relationship again. We co-parent the children together. We brought our friendship back. You know, so it was really taking all of that and that journey that when I decided to go into coaching because I wanted to work from my home, I homeschool my children, and I wanted to keep doing that. And I said, so I got to work from home so that I can work my schedule around my children. And singles, and I mean, I knew I was going to still work with couples, but I work a lot with singles as well. They started finding me. Mm-hmm. And it was because of what I had gone through and what I had done that I didn't go out. I never thought I would work with singles. Um, I just never thought I'd be writing books for couples. I, it just happened, right? It was mm. that law of attraction. It was meant to be. And I was in the right space of wanting to help people. And the universe brought them to me and brought the opportunity. And it still is. It's yeah. still well, I think it's it's so incredible, um, powerful that you you took life 
and took responsibility, took creatorship, ownership for what came to you. And like, we would never wish that on someone else, like whatever happened, you know, difficulties, things like that. Um, but we would always want people to make the most out of that situation. And so I think it's beautiful that you took it the best that you could and you said, hey, it may not be what I wanted, but how do I show up now? How do I show up as a good role model for my kids? How do I show up happy myself and create the, the relationship of my dreams? And now, you know, for eight years, you've had this amazing man who you've been with, who it's just like, it's awesome what you can create even after something, let's say later in life that people might feel like, oh, how could I ever come back from that? How could I ever enter the dating world again? And you're like, hey, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything you want. Yeah, I mean, I was in my late 40s when I got back out into the dating world. It's really neat to see people when I tell my story go, well, if you could get over that and you could find love again, it's a different love. It's not the same. It's it's different, but it's still fabulous. I'm still enjoying it. And so people will say to me, well, maybe I should try again. And I think that's what I'm supposed to do. I think I'm supposed to use my journey for an inspiration to inspire other people to say, Hi, there's love out there for you. you know, and, and I also can use the fact that for 25 years, I kept that love alive. And now I'm doing it again. Yep. And so it's like, you can kind of share that with other people and say, look, there's nothing different about me. Maybe I, maybe I know a few things. Maybe I work at it. But if I can do it, you can do it as well. Yeah. I want to know before we move into like the work that you're doing today and specific strategies, what was it that motivated you to get into relationships before, you know, like 20, 25, 30 years ago? What, what drove you there? So when I started out at undergraduate school, I have two undergraduate degrees, one in psychology and one in sociology. I wanted to be an attorney. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have been like wanted to fight for the underdog. And then when I got in school, I really loved my psychology classes. And I realized that for me, law was going to be a lot of legal, a lot of legal stuff, right? And I really wanted to help people. So psychology seemed like the better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out as a family therapist working with abused kids and incest women that were incest survivors. And I'd had some abuse in my childhood. And I don't think I ever realized that that's kind of how I ended up there until after I was there. Um, I don't know. I just think I've always wanted to work with people that I could help support them. I could just be that that safety net for them, that cheerleader. Um, it's what fuels me. It what it's what makes me happy. It's what gives me energy. It's just what I was supposed to do. So I love it, Lorian. Um, I really love being able to share people's journey and evolution with our audience. Because I think there's there's so much insight in why do we do what we do? What is our purpose? What what makes us come alive? And I know, also know that you're a fan of like the law of attraction and energy and things like that. And I'm curious because um, it kind of took for me a little bit of curiosity and, and looking into your journey. And, and then you shared, you know, you had some traumas and things from growing up that caused you to get into a certain certain aspect of relationships and family and therapy and things like that. 
with the work that you're doing today, I hear you wanting to attract more so people who are who are hungry to to be the best version of themselves, so to speak, in having a better relationship and attracting that dream partner. Would you say that you have evolved in the seasons of your life from saying, hey, I'm just going to attract what I what maybe even what my wound was unconsciously and then maybe unconsciously. And then you said, okay, I've, I've enjoyed working with these people. And I think that there's an even more joyful type of person or group of people that I would want to work with. And it's this type of people. And that's who you're focused on today. Yeah, I think that there was a transition. You know, I worked with those teenagers when I was, I mean, I was in my early 20s, right out of grad school, working with these really horrendous families. Um, but I loved it. And then I moved from there to when I started having children and staying home with those children. I started working with new moms and families and people that had babies and that transition. And so it seems like whatever stage of life I'm in, I have just effortlessly kind of flowed into those clients. And now I'm working with people that are starting over or couples that have maybe hit bumps in the road and they don't have the passion in their relationships. They don't have the good relationships. So I guess I never actually thought about it until you just said that. But yeah, my my career, like who I'm passionate about, evolves as I do. Yeah. So I think that whatever stage I'm in, the universe sends the people to me that I can best serve at that stage. That it heals them and it heals me. Yeah. Perfect. Um. Blend. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, and I just I really for me it's like a big epiphany that I think a lot of people. Um, when, when we're discovering our gifts as service providers, coaches, authors, speakers, leaders, we have a wound that we have overcome. And oftentimes that wound is the impetus to stand for our purpose, to stand for what we believe in. And it's still kind of fresh. And like after serving in that wound area and the people who might be affected similarly, I feel like there is healing that happens that catalyzes us into the next phase of our journey where we don't necessarily need to hang around that that wounded energy anymore. Um, some people choose to stay there and, and be there for longer than others. But I think it's for me, it's like, it's interesting to know, to, to notice that. And I, I see that in a lot of people's journey that they, they aspire to bigger and bigger missions. They, um, you know, want to impact more people have broader kind of messages that is like, you know, greatest possible self kind of holistically empowering. And it's, it's just fascinating. So I wanted to comment on that. I think that's, that's really cool, Lorianne. And I want to get into, in, into the, the relationship, like mastery as well. Cause I know that's, that's really, that is your sweet spot. And I want to give our audience the gold. So, um, with, having an amazing relationship. Let's talk about existing relationships that are already there. Um, where do you start with your clients and what, what is important to know as a foundation? I always like to start with what's important to you. What, what are some of the core values, the core things that you need in a relationship to make you happy? Because it's different for all of us. My list is going to be different than your list. We might have some things in common, sure. but chances are our lists are different. So when I start working with a new couple, I like them to come up with that. I like them to really think about what are the five or six things that I really need. And then we're going to compare those lists. Because what happens, I find, is a lot of people spend so much time being unhappy and arguing about the fact that I can load the dishwasher and my husband can come down and he moves everything around. <laughs> and, you know, and so I could be upset about that or I'm like, yeah, but if he sees a dish in the sink, my kid's lucky puts it in the dishwasher, right? He does the dishes. Yep. But we're, sometimes 
sometimes we're, it's like this silly fluff stuff that we're spending so much time being upset about. So I like to take people down to that core. What are those core things that are essential to you? Do those match? Because if they don't, now we really know where to start. We've got things that are important that we don't line up on. And we're going to go, oh, okay. We may never. So we may have to look at what we do have and appreciate that. But we may have to look and say, I didn't make a good choice. And there are sometimes I help couples to unravel peacefully and go their separate ways because that's really what's better for them. Um, and if they, if they match on that, I've had couples before that were at attorneys. Hired attorneys were getting a divorce, one couple in particular. When they looked at that, they went, oh, we match on all of these. And they ended up at the end firing the attorneys and giving it another try. So it really helps you to understand where are the issues for you. Are you fighting and arguing and being upset about stuff that maybe we need to talk about expectations, <laughs> you know? Or are there some really core issues that you need to look at that you don't match up on? Wow. So that's, that's, I love the distinction between those, the core non-negotiables, the things like, Hey, if I'm going to be in a relationship, this has to be there because it's who I am. And it's what, what needs to happen for me to feel safe, to feel like it's a healthy relationship, to feel, you know, good. And there's also expectations, which are kind of more the surface level things of like, hey, did you take out the trash the way that I expect you to or want you to? And that is, it's not so significant as the core values, but it's still important because if there's enough unmet expectations, those just keep piling up to create um, frustration and then a blow up. Yeah, and we have to learn to deal with those, right? But yeah. for me, if it's somebody new, it's like, where, where are the difficulties? Mm. Are they those core expectations or are they, I mean, the core values or are they the expectations? Because we're going to deal with those in two different ways, depending on what they are. And I think it's important to know, and it's important for the couple to know. All they know is that they're not happy or they're pissed at each other or, you know, whatever it is, depending on what shape it is they're showing up, right? Mm. All they know is I'm not happy. And they think they know why. It's the fight of the day or the mm. week or the hour. Right, you know that they think they're unhappy, but there's more to it than that. So, mm. having somebody to help you uncover those layers and get down to that, and we can do that like in one session. We can do that really quickly. So then they have a better idea of where they stand. Wow, this this is powerful, powerful, Lorianne. I, I think it's really getting that foundation in place of what is most important to you, what what do you want to create in your relationship experience, and then also just the expectations. That's that's communication finesse. It's it's uh, empathy finesse. It's you know emotional intelligence and being able to communicate in a way and share this is important to me in a way that someone else is able to hear it. Yeah. This is this is good good stuff. So after we get those those core foundational things in place, expectations, we're able to communicate about those more effectively. Where do you see that most, uh, or a lot of the relationships that you interact and engage with, where do you find them going off off track or getting derailed and having difficulties? You know, we start our relationships in that, um, that chemistry phase, that romantic mm -hmm. love, whatever you want to call it, right? With all these hormones, and those hormones feel so good. They're mm -hmm. so nice. In time, though, um, I, was, I was just writing about this and doing some more research about it on a book that I'm writing right now. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so in time, those start to go down naturally, or we couldn't function in life. Like if we walked around with, I call them rose-colored glasses on, you know, all those hormones going all the time, we wouldn't accomplish anything. What happens though, when those start to go down, a lot of times we assume that that means we don't love our partner as much, or we don't Mm. like our partner as much. Because all of a sudden, that euphoric feeling that we've been having for so long can go away. And we go, oh, something's wrong. Or this is just how relationships go, and I just have to put up with it. Neither is correct, right? We don't want either. So what people don't realize is that they have to do things. And it's not hard. Mm-hmm. You have to do things to keep that, those chemical reactions going. Yeah. We can easily elicit those again, and they feel amazing. Like we love them. There are things we can do to feel that way. And not only are we feeling that way, but then we've got bonding hormones happening. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, we look at our partner with those rose-colored glasses again, and it affects every area of our life. It affects every area of our relationship. It affects our job. It affects everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody teaches us what those stages are in relationships. And when we get to the, I call it the conflict stage, right? Like mm-hmm. everything's fabulous. You're perfect. And so you're not. And then I start to know you're not perfect. And then the hormones aren't there to make me feel better. And then that starts to snowball. Nobody teaches us that, number one, that's normal. Mm. And number two, what to do about it to get beyond it, to still stay happy and to still keep feeling those good feelings. Wow, this is this is brilliant. I love it. I want to recap for people because uh, the the keeping the chemical reactions going, that is something that we are in control of when we're doing the right things, when we're choosing like and making the decision, hey, I'm going to choose to love this person. I'm going to choose to see the good in them, being grateful. And I wanted to talk about a little bit more about like what is, is happening there. You mentioned, mentioned like bonding chemicals, things like that. What else do we need to know about like what is going on physiologically in our bodies biologically when we're going through these different stages? Can we dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, so there are, I mean, there's a number of hormones that are released when we first get into relationships. And those hormones are also released again, you know, in a daily basis when we have, usually it's through physical connection. Hmm. So what happens in a relationship as time goes on? We get busy, right? And so um, we're all adults. So our sex lives start to go down. Um, We don't. We don't snuggle as much. We don't, you know, in the beginning of relationships, we can sit around and hold hands and we can kiss and we can do all these fun things. Well, those things feel good because they're releasing. I mean, oxytocin is one of the hormones. Um, And for anybody that's been a new mom, that's, you know, that's that's the nursing hormone or the bonding hormone. But it's also released when we have physical connections with our partner. Mm. It can be something as simple as, you know, I like to tell people instead of that really quick kiss that you give your partner at the end of the day or the beginning of the day before you leave the house or when you reconnect, you made that a 10 second kiss. Try it sometime. Mm. Try to kiss your partner with meaning for Mm. 10 seconds and see if you don't feel the flood of the hormones. Mm. You're going to feel those hormones and those are, they're bonding hormones. So all of a sudden, the fact that my husband reloaded the dishwasher, I really don't care that he does that. (laughs) This seems like a good example because we just did dishes. But the fact that he redid the dishwasher, you know, when I have those hormones going, and they last, like they're going to last through 
the next day, through the rest of the day. All of a sudden, that doesn't bother me so much. I've got that warm, cozy feeling about it. I look at him and go, hey, you're sexy. You know, you look good. You know, you smell good. You Whatever it is. But we don't have that. We go, why did you leave the toilet seat up? Why did you leave the, you know, the toothpaste pop off? I mean, you know, it's these things that really start to annoy people. Yeah. If you had those hormones going, it would make all of that so much easier. We're more patient. We communicate better. We just look at the other person and smile and we feel connected to them. Mm. And it's, it's as simple as really making time for physical connection, for reaching out to them and doing kind things for them. Mm. So those little random acts of kindness that I always say, don't make them random, like mm. schedule them in. It, it, so it's taking that time and being purposeful about those hormones, the oxytocin, mm. the dopamine. You know, dopamine is one of the hormones that's released. And dopamine is triggers a part of our brain that wants us to do that more. It says it's the hormone that's released when we eat that chocolate cake and it tastes really good and we're like, ooh, I want cake again. Or unfortunately, it can happen with you know drug addictions or mm-hmm. alcohol or shopping addictions, but it can also happen from good things. Anything mm-hmm. we do that feels good, we're getting that that dopamine rush that goes, ooh, do more of that yeah. instead of doing it for alcohol. Or, I'm not saying not to drink. But you know, instead of doing it for things that might harm us, why mm-hmm. did we use that for our relationship? That was actually when I was doing research, that was one I didn't really know a lot about, but I just learned. I was really excited. I was like, oh, that's why. I always knew that when we're intimate and we're snuggly and we've got this physical connection, you know, the more we do that, the more we want to do it. Like, so when, I always tell people who come to me and they're not happy with each other. I'm like, so I want you to go have fun together. I want you to hold hands. I want you to have sex. And you're like, but you don't understand. I'm like, I know, just go do it anyway. Like, you're going to, you know, it's going to create this domino effect. And I knew that doing that made you want to do it more, but it's doing research for this latest book I'm writing that made me realize that it was the dopamine Mm. that's making you want to do that. I was like, oh, now I know why. (laughs) Right? So we can utilize those things to our advantage. Lorianne, I love it. I, I think this is so powerful that we can be strategic about like what are the actions that we take because we want to make we want life to be easy, right? Like everyone wants to hit the easy button in our relationship. Oftentimes, it takes being willing to do what could be hard or has become um, has moved from unconscious and doing it automatically to taking effort. Right. But when we take the effort, it will release the great chemicals so that it now becomes automatic again. And I think a lot of people get to recognize that if I'm willing to do what's hard to love my partner and, and you know, create these great chemicals and, and make myself feel good, make, make this other person feel good, then it will make our relationship so much better and flourish in all the different areas. Yeah, you know, when our partner is happy with us, because. That's the other thing. It, you know, it only takes one person to get this started. I don't care. Mm. If say, well, my partner's not going to do it in return. Start showing up as the best you you can be. Start mm. doing these things for them consciously, even if you're even if you're not happy about the things that they're doing, even if you're a little annoyed with them. 
It's like, if you'll just do it, it's going to feel better. And then what happens is all of a sudden, whether it's conscious or unconscious, they notice it. Now mm-hmm. they've got these bonding hormones. And what will happen is they will start to turn around and want to do more for you. Yeah. And they're going to want to connect with you more. And again, this is if you've got two people that are committed. Mm-hmm. But what I tell people is try it. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to find out, oh, they're really not going to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like I really see them for who they are. And then you can make a decision on what to do about that. Mm-hmm. But at least you know. Yeah. And the stuff that you're learning, the things that you're learning, if worst case scenario, you part ways, you now know how to go be an awesome partner in the next relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to lose. You know, when I wrote my first book, I wrote about that. I said, if you do all this, you're going to find out whether your relationship has potential or not. Mm-hmm. But you're going to learn, and that learning is going to take you through. There's a great likelihood that when you start to do this, and your partner feels good, and it feels good to them, mm-hmm. that you're not going to be the only one doing it for very long. All of a sudden, you're going to notice changes in them. I had one client who said they had a really good relationship, but her husband was, he could be a little negative, and he was a neat, neat nick, and she is not. And he would come home, and he would, he would just be annoyed, and he would point out all the things that weren't put away or that won't. And she started doing the simplest thing. She would text him in the afternoon. He was home with the kids at the time. She would text him a flirty text in the afternoon, and she said, after I started doing that, he came home and she was, Lori, he quit fussing about the house. He came and he'd give me this big hug and he'd give me this kiss and he wouldn't say anything else about it. And he was just so happy to connect with me. And she said, that one little change about sending him a flirty text in the afternoon changed our dynamic in the evening completely. Mm-hmm. And she said, that was all I did. And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> he started coming home. He was looking forward to coming home. He wanted that connection with you and you were giving him an idea of what he had to come home to. And so then he wanted to come give you a big hug and a kiss. And he didn't notice that the kitchen was a mess. He was happy to connect with you. It's so simple. So simple to send a text, you know, and what I'm, what I'm really getting from this is like to, to put a schedule, to put what's important um, into our calendar or a reminder or something like that. And it's the little things that, that go a long way. Going back to the beginning of our interview, I think that's what we started off with. It's like those little actions and little habits that build up long term. Uh, I want to dive into a couple more of those, what you would recommend as far as uh, relationship supercharging tactics or habits or gestures that we can do to really reignite that flame, Lorianne. So really make time for each other. We forget to make time for each other. And that means that you actually have to be focused on the other person. Mm-hmm. So it means that you've got to put down the phone. Um, you know, we live with our phones in our hands and our yeah. eyes go to them. Um, so put down the phone, connect with the other person, but connect in a way that works for you. Every mm-hmm. couple is going to be different. For some couples, it might be taking a quick walk after dinner. Um, I, it's evening here for me. It's not for you, but it is for me. So a lot of evenings I'm working until, you know, eight o'clock at night or so. But for my husband and I, he knows that as soon as I'm finished, we have snuggle time every evening. And I never watched TV till he came along, but it's part of our routine. He'll find things that he thinks that I might like, but we're watching TV snuggled up next to each other. So there's that physical connection, that bonding. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're we're pausing the show and we're laughing about it. We're making inside jokes. We're, so it, it's not that we're focused on the TV and not each other. Mm-hmm. There's interaction. So making time for each other, really trying on a daily basis. And if something happens and we don't get to do that one day, which is very, very rare, like, I miss it. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you didn't get my time to connect. So connect with your partner. Be curious about them. Mm-hmm. You know, want to know about their day. Um, listen to them. Spend time together. Be thoughtful in your approach to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say on the flip side of that almost, give them their space too. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you know your partner's personality. Sometimes somebody comes home from work and they're just exhausted. And they're like, I got to go in. Women complain about this sometimes. I got to go in my man cave, the guy says. But it could be a woman too who eats on the loan. Like if you would just let your partner have that space and say, I totally get it. Go unwind. I'm looking forward to seeing you when you're finished. Instead of nagging, Mm -hmm. right? Or complaining about it. If we could learn about our partner, learn what they need, work with them. It should be this dance that we do together where we're saying, you know, I want you to be happy and I want to be happy. And how do we dance together so that we're both happy? And again, every couple, it's going to be different depending on your personality. If you go into every day saying, how can I show up for my partner? What can I do to make their life better? You know, what can we, how can I make sure that we connect in some way? Um, that I'm really putting in that effort that they know they're a priority, mm-hmm. even if it's only for a short period of time, right? I get that, I mean, I'm still balancing children, career, my husband, all kinds of different things. Yep. If you ask my husband if he's a priority, I think he would tell you that he is, that he knows that I'm going to make that time mm-hmm. and that he's going to surface to the top at some point during the day. You know, and that I'm actually even going to say no to something sometimes. Um, That's that. You know, I I love that question um, because I'm thinking about both my relationship with my girlfriend as well as um, business relationships as well. Because I think a lot of the stuff that you're sharing is really, really powerful for business relationships and um, building professional relationships. I think the question of how can I make you feel like a priority. Uh, if someone doesn't, if, if there's distance in a relationship, usually there's probably something like that where they don't feel seen, heard, uh, supported, or like they're an important part of your life. And that question is really, really powerful. And we don't want to wait until they don't feel that way, right? right. We ask ourselves every day, what mm-hmm. did I do for this person today? Like, like you said, a lot of this stuff really can take over to all kinds of relationships. Your children, I mean, I still have children, you know, children. Um, so if we take the, the physical intimacy out of it, mm-hmm. the rest of it can apply to all kinds of relationships. So we don't want to wait till the person doesn't feel a priority. We need to ask ourselves, what can I do today to make this person a priority? What could I do today to make their life a little bit better? And I, you know, try, I wouldn't say that a hundred percent, nobody's a hundred percent. They really do try with each of my children. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and my husband, and I don't have a business partner, well, I have a partner sometimes, but, you know, to really say, what could I do? What could I do that might be something? And again, remember, 
it's the little things. Yeah. And then sometimes people will say, but I'm giving. And it's that quid pro quo. Like we want to know we're going to get it back. If you just start doing it, hmm. the chances of getting it back are really, really good. You know, and then if, and if you're not, again, then maybe you need to look at that relationship. Is that the partner, the business partner you want? Mm. Are you giving to them what they need? That's the other thing. So we're going to talk about something else if it's okay. That's the other part. Is mm. We sometimes want to give what we want to get, but that's not what the other person necessarily wants or needs. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, if you're lucky, the... you blend in that way. Like my husband and I do pretty much. Um, but it was interesting, like there's the five love languages and he yep. knew about that, but he'd never taken the test. We mm -hmm. thought we knew, I knew what mine was and, and we both thought we knew what his was. And then he took it and he was like, hmm, I'm surprised. So like he had, just like I do, he had two that were really, really close, but his second one wasn't what I thought it was. And when he told me, I went, oh, well now I, I need to work on that. Like yeah. I, there are things I could be doing in a different way that would make you feel even more loved, but I didn't know that. So like, are we giving the other person love in the way that they really want it, that it's gonna mean the most to them? Sometimes we're doing all this effort and we're not getting anything in return, so we're not doing the right thing. Yeah. And if we changed what we did, we might get better results. Yeah. This is this is gold, uh, Lorianne. I want everyone who's tuning in right now to just implement these these strategies, and it, it goes with whether we have a relationship already, whether we have you know significant other, whether we have uh, business relationships, business partner, um, and even I think with singles, they could also be doing these things to to like like stoke the relationship or say, hey, how would I want to be treated? How, what's important to me and how I show up? So I know that's a part and a portion of what you do with your clients as well. So I'd love to just touch on that as far as um, what is the, the foundation that needs to be in place when someone is single to be able to attract uh, the relationship of their dreams? Yeah. So the requirement when we talked about what are those main things you're looking for in a relationship with my singles, they come up with that first and then they date looking for somebody that matches that. Because if you're single, you don't want to hook up with somebody. No, I'm old. I hook up means something different to younger kids than it does. <laughs> I just realized that they said that. Like I'm hearing my teenagers going, Mom, don't say that. <laughs> you don't want to choose a partner that you don't match with that. It's like mm. God was a home builder, custom home builder. Yep. You want the foundation solid. So if you're getting to choose, you want to choose somebody that matches. My husband is so much different than anybody I ever thought that I would marry, ever thought that I would date in so many ways. But I dated him because he matched those criteria. Wow. And it, it's what makes our relationship easier. So when we're single, we want to know that ahead of time. We want to pick a partner. We don't want to date anybody that doesn't match those. Mm. Even one. If even one isn't there, don't date them. Because eventually that's going to create those problems. And then you're going to be coming to me and we're going to be trying to figure out how to unravel that and what to do about it. Mm. When you're single, why? Like you have a choice, right? So that's part of it. But even jumping ahead of that would be what you've been talking about. Mm. Self-love. Like if you need to feel like you need to see all of the wonderfulness about you and how amazing you are. If you're not in that space, you're not going to attract the people that you want. And you're going to say there's no good guys, there's no good women, 
there's no, and that's not true. It's like, if that's what you're attracting, you have to look, we were talking about this in my meetup group this morning. You have to, the, the bad news is it's you. The good news <laughs> is it's you and you can change it, right? Yep. Like you can, you can do something different. When you show up different, the people that come into your environment and your existence will be different. Really, being single, I think, is the perfect opportunity to work on yourself and look at, are there some things about me that need to be changed, that need to be improved, that need to be tweaked? And if I don't know, start dating. Right? Start dating. Like, who is up in your existence? And it's going to tell you what you need to work on. And when you work on it, different people will show up. Mm. Um, and so I even noticed that. Like, I didn't date for very long. I met my husband pretty quickly. Um, and when I tell people how quickly, they're, like, amazed. And I said, yeah, but I did a lot of work before. Oh, yeah. Before. So, you know, my first little dipping my toe in the dating pond, I didn't do it for very long. Mm. Um, and I learned some things, and I stopped. Mm. And I worked on myself a little more. And when I got back out there, I met my husband in two and a half weeks mm. um, in online dating. Um, and and then just meet him. I met like actually a couple of people that and then I made a choice. So the people that came to me were wonderful. They were good choices, but I had done all that groundwork. So if you're frustrated with the dating process, stop like and, and take a look, get some help and do some of the groundwork so that when you get back out there, you can actually meet the right people. Mm, I think that's that's so important to have that foundation of values of what we want to attract. What's the conversation that's coming up that might be stopping us from attracting that uh, perfect person for us, or at least someone who's a great match, great alignment. Um, I know that's super important. Also, I think a lot of people get caught up with the uh, etiquette of dating, like when to text, how to text, da 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 da, just on and on and on. Um, what do you recommend to those people to kind of like help guide them through? overthinking really like all that stuff <laughs> and i love that you said that right because that's so important it's i mean you know i'll help them give them some guidelines and if you go to my website i've written blogs about some of that stuff and you can read blogs that i think i did one about i don't know text, i don't remember what i called it but it was about texting um you know and dating and, and i've written different things and you can there's other people that have written just be careful what you read but the bottom line is do what's right for you if you hate to text, then you need to let the you need to let the other person that you're dating know. You know, I'm really not like I'll respond to you some, but just so you know, I'm not really good at texting. I really prefer a phone call. Um, I prefer to be honest about it. And don't jump to conclusions. That's a big one, I think, for people. Yeah. Don't pick something that somebody did. One text, one not text, one little bitty thing. And then make assumptions about who they are. So you're laughing. But you don't know how many times I hear that. Like, Lori, the person did this. Here's what I'm thinking of doing. And, I, and I'm, I'm talking them off the ledge. Like, <laughs> you know that that's what they mean by that, right? Yeah. Like, maybe they do. But let's look for patterns. So put it in the back of your brain and go, okay, I didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. If they continue to show up that way, now it's a pattern and I can release them. They're not right for me. Um, but let's not jump to those conclusions based on, oh, my word, they didn't text me back right away. So they're not interested. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, whatever it is. It's, and I get it. Like, I get, I was there. I remember getting caught up in some of that. Mm-hmm. But 
do what's right for you. Do what feels good. The etiquette, I mean, there are some things, obviously, that are just not going to be good. Totally. You, know, you don't want to, um, I work with a lot of alpha, like, you know, type A females. Yep. Um, don't pursue the guy. Mm. Like, let him know you're interested. Let him know that you liked him. But please don't text him over and over and over when he hasn't responded. Don't pursue him so much. And then they go, I don't get why I'm not getting another date. Because you're being the guy in the relationship, right? And that's whole other topic. Um, so there are some things that do what feels good to you. And if it's not working, if you're doing it and consistently it's not working, mm-hmm. find somebody to talk to that you trust. Like maybe not your family. Um, but find some, or your best friends, because mm-hmm. we don't always have the best advice either. Um, but find somebody that you trust, that you can talk to. And find out maybe what what am I doing that maybe I need to up my skills a little bit. Because we don't know. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know how to do online dating. I figured it out. And now I'm really good at helping other people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to some extent, if you're pretty solid within yourself, your intuition is going to guide you, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> so start with that. Start with your intuition. If it's bombing, if it's failing consistently, mm. there's something going on that you just can't see and you need to find somebody who can help you see that. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Lorianna. Here at the end, they are, you're highlighting blind spots that people might have. So if you're going to your best friend, they may or may not be a credible authority on helping you with your blind spots and land that date. You know, I always I always say, uh, if I, if I wouldn't trade places with this person, am I going to listen to their advice in, in this area, you know? And uh, I think to, to listen to that advice, to find someone who you resonate with, who you trust, to say, okay, I, I value the perspective of this person because they have experience, because they have the results to show, because they've studied it, because, uh, you know, I trust them, whatever, whatever that track record is, whatever that measure of trust is. And then also what you were saying, uh, I, I relate to it as, to be so comfortable with yourself, to be like in love with your own life first before you go after someone else. Because if, if you're not doing that, then that's, I feel like that's when the texting, um, hounding someone happens, right? It's like, if you don't have enough things to do to keep yourself like busy and not, not like you never text this person back, you know, once a week you text that, that doesn't work either. Right. But the, the ability to say, Hey, I have an amazing life and I want to grow our relationship. I want to communicate with you. Here's the expectations. Here's what works for me up front. You know, maybe some people, some people say to start a relationship, all I can do is text once a week for whatever reason, right? Like they're out of cell service for six days for God knows what to read, traveling, whatever, you know? And so just communicating up front, I think will alleviate all of that. Um, trying to make someone fit into a, a mold or a desire of what you're looking for. That's such a good point. When we're really comfortable and happy with our lives, if somebody is consistently not showing up in a way that pleases us, mm-hmm. we're not going to try to hound them or make them fit that. We're just going to say, you know what? They're not right for me. And I'm going to find somebody who this is, e- it shouldn't be that difficult. Like, I'm going to find somebody that there's an easier flow with yeah. and that it works easier I'm not coming from a needy space where I'm trying to get them to make my life okay. 
Lorianne, this is, this is profound. I want to begin to wrap up the conversation with some final takeaways. Uh, what we want our audience to get and receive, especially going into the uh, February month of relationships and Valentine's Day. Is there anything that we haven't yet touched on or that you just really want to drive home? Just really, if you're single, pamper yourself. Like, Don't look at being single as something that's negative. Look at it as an opportunity. Pamper yourself. And if you're in a relationship, and it's that month of love, what can you do? What little things, not like big, huge things. Mm. What kind of things can you do for your partner to just really let them know how much they mean to you? If you're stuck and you don't know, I mean, I've written books that can help you, so you can get those. <laughs> but you can also ask your partner, you know? If I could do something really nice for you mm. that would really mean something, what would those things be? Write me a list. Mm. Like, I want to know what means something to you. I love it. I love it, Lorianne. This is great. All right. So let's begin to wrap up. Tell people how they can get a hold of your books. I mentioned them at the beginning, um, your website. Let's keep them up to date on what are their next steps. Yep. So my website is my name, Lorianne Davis. Um, the books are on the website. If you go to Amazon and you type in Lorianne Davis, they'll, they'll come up. Okay. Um, I've written lots of blogs on my website. If you want to know more about different topics, um, I've been writing blogs for years. They're there. They're free. Um, please read them, um, get something out of it. You can, you know, there's a link on there to schedule a strategy session with me if you think that maybe um, I might be somebody that would that could help you. Um, but if not, just go read the blogs. I love it. Get that, get that free value. I'm all about that. You know, build, I feel like that builds a relationship too, you know, in, in like, it's like dating. Someone's going to go date you and look at your website, read the blogs. And then when they're ready for more help to take the bigger next step, then they can have a call with you. And, and of course, there's probably some people out there who are like, man, Lorianne, you speak my language, girl. I want to jump on a call with you. Help me, save me. <laughs> yeah, just based on my new, on my, the front page to sign up for like to be the newsletter. I like another newsletter so you can get information in your inbox every week if you're not inundated with that. You know, whatever works for you. I just want people to do what works for them because you know, you know I believe in the law of attraction. So everything comes to you that's meant to come to you, and mm -hmm. it's just and easy, and it should be a big flow. I love it. So, ladies and gentlemen, go to www.loriandavis.com. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-D-A-V-I-S.com. Loriann Davis. And Loriann, thank you so much for being here. You are a rock star. And it's been a blast having you. Thank you so much. Have an amazing rest of your day, okay? Sure. Right, take care. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescape.com.
plan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>